the vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to The Christine Upchurch Show here live on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area, Transformation Talk Radio around the world. And also on Facebook Live, if you go to the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page, you'll be able to watch this live, video and all. Um, and uh, you might be listening after the fact on christineupchurch.com or one of the dozens of podcasts it sends up. But wherever and whenever you're joining us here, we're very grateful to have you. And I think you're going to be grateful, too, because we are going to be talking about something in, that in all the years of the show we've never talked about before. And that's about the specific specifics of alchemy, as well as how that relates to what's going on right now. But um, before we get into that, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology. Olivia, are you there on, on TTR? I am. Hi. Hi. Thank you for doing your part uh, of this technological, uh, I don't know, magic. And Mr. Benny Mathers, I miss being in the studio with you, Benny. Hey. Hey, what's up? And I, of course, we miss you deeply here. You'll be back. Don't worry. Oh, yes. Yes, I will. And um, I'm, you know, I, I am happily moving along in quarantine so to speak um i had a class this weekend that i was attending that's good the it, it's a mosaics mirror class it's mm -hmm. mandala one you know and I, I i love the classes that angie heinrich it's that amari um that she puts on and it they've gotten changed to uh online classes so anyway you know it, the, our world is a different place i'm very fortunate to be um you know home doing my thing as i normally do um, and uh, how about you, Benny? How are things going at your end? Same here. Nothing's really changed. We got a lot of homework uh, we're still kind of catching up with. Um, well, yeah, I don't really have much more to report. It seems like the Groundhog Day, you know, just kind of going yes. in, going out, doing it again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that what's become clear to most people on our planet right now is that things have changed and we won't ever be able to go back to the new norm to, to normal there will be a new normal and yes it may become very safe again to go out to public places and to give people hugs and shake people's hands maybe not but our world is changing and our guest today is going to be talking about that she's going to be talking about the physics and biology and sort of consciousness aspects of alchemy and how that relates to what's going on. But before I introduce her, we're gonna take a real quick break, 60 second break, to make sure that all the technology is in alignment and uh, we'll be right back, stay tuned. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, 
but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back. That was just a little bit of Michael Tomlinson. He's an amazing musician. Go to michaeltomlinson.com. Today, we're going to be talking to Dr. Teresa Bullard. Now, she's got an interesting background and career path. She is a PhD physicist. Now, my son is a a, a physics major right now in college, and uh, I have great respect for people who get PhDs in physics. She's also the host of Mystery Teachings on Gaia TV, and she's an international spiritual teacher with the Modern Mystery School. She merges science, ancient wisdom, and powerful time-tested techniques for harnessing consciousness. I love this, this bridging of science and spirituality. And she brings a new approach, and we're very grateful to have her here today. She's also the author of The Game Changer, Social Alchemists of the 21st Century. And we're going to be talking a lot about alchemy. I'd like to welcome our guest, Dr. Teresa Bullard. Hi, Teresa. Thank you. It's uh, great to be on here. You know, um, when I've heard about alchemy in the past, it was this mystery thing of of a bygone era where supposedly people were turning, you know, regular metals into gold, you know, the, the, this concept of water into wine. And it seemed like something that to many is just unattainable. But you have a very different perspective on alchemy. And I didn't realize there was science behind it. What is it about it? What is it about physics and spirituality that makes you want to talk about alchemy yeah well when i first came into reading about alchemy and studying it i was in the same position you were in you know my original idea of it was just this you know it's the pseudoscience trying to turn lead into gold and it was you know from the middle ages and that kind of thing but it kept coming up as i was um i was searching at i was in graduate school actually at the university of washington getting my phd at that time Mm -hmm. And I really realized at some point in my life how um, important spirituality was to me to have a sense of balance and meaning and purpose to it all. So I was really searching for, okay, I, you know, I've got this science background and I know that spirituality is personally important to me for my well-being, but how do I find spirituality that bridges and complements the science? And, um, you know, is there a way to weave them together? And I had gotten really inspired by... Um, you know, the the quantum physics and how it overlaps with some Eastern philosophies, for example, but I found that it was all very theoretical, very conceptual, very philosophical, and not very applied. So I had gotten to this point where I was really looking for how can we bring this down to earth? How can we make it practical in our lives? And, And yet still have, you know, take it deeper rather than just sort of these concepts of parallels, like how can we really bridge science and spirituality in a deeper way? And that was when alchemy started to show up for me in my life and through different synchronicities. 
And um, when I started to read about it, I realized alchemy isn't what we were taught at all. That I realized that it was um, this just wealth of wisdom about our personal transformation first and foremost. And it's really um, alchemy is where science came from originally. So physics, chemistry, modern medicine, modern, modern pharmacology, even psychology, like a lot of our modern day sciences were born out of the tradition of alchemy. And there was a point where the spiritual side of alchemy and the scientific side of alchemy split. But I don't think that was because they weren't compatible. I think that was more because of there was politics involved, there was religion that got involved, there was uh, money that got involved. You know, there's all these other reasons for why those two factors um, split out, but originally they come from the same source. And so um, as I was reading about it, I realized like, wait a second, this is, this is natural science. The alchemy is just the study of nature and the evolutionary process of, of nature and how things evolve from a lesser state to a greater state and how we can work with that, how we can participate with that to speed it up. Mm. And first and foremost, though, it's about us. It's about our transformation. And so there's some really fascinating things when you, when you, when you kind of let go of the bias uh, that science really created around the history of science. And they tried to they tried to divorce themselves from alchemy and you know there might have been yeah there were charlatans but there are in every field and mm -hmm. and, and we see that today as science well. too yes yeah and so so they they kind of threw the baby out with bathwater i feel and um and so when it comes to both knowing ourselves and our own personal transformational process I personally saw a lot of reflection as I read about alchemy more and thought, oh, wow, this really applies. And this applies at so many levels to um, the transformational journey, to self-growth, but also to evolution. Uh, it's a natural formula. It shows up all over and we just need to understand it so that we can learn how to work with it again and be more right. conscious of that process. And ultimately, the alchemy is about us becoming our greatest self. Uh, but we can also and apply in the world. And I love the fact that you not only bring it to the individual, but you're also focusing on the social collective, which I think is so front and center right now. The timing of the show is perfect. Um, but first, before we get into how this relates to us individually and collectively, can you just share the, the various steps of alchemy, which was, it was mind opening for me because I had never heard of these steps. Yeah, so alchemy, the steps of alchemy can be broken down in different ways, but the, the first um, thing we can look at is there's what we call three phases. There's, and they, they use colors, right? So alchemy's language is very metaphorical. Um, so they, they talk about the black phase, the white phase, and the red phase. And these are, um, so the black phase is where there's impurities, there's distortions, there's things that are corrupt and not working, and they need to be weeded out. And then, uh, and that's, that's, there's several steps to get through that first phase. There's about five steps just getting through that first phase of, of purifying, basically. Right. And then there's the, the white phase, which is, okay, now we've purified, but now we need to refine, we need to raise the vibration. And then there's the red phase, which is, okay, now everything is perfected, we need to crystallize this new state. So within those three phases, there we can break it down into seven steps. 
So the first five steps are always in the black phase. Then there's the last two steps, which are in the white and then the red phase. Mm-hmm. And so these, these seven steps are, um, the first one is what we call calcination. And calcination is like the breaking down. It's, it's this, um, it's a shakeup, you know, it's like you're taking the old form, you're destroying it, you're, it's a death. Um, but it's rather shocking to us when it happens. And so, you know, on one hand, we could say, you know, the the whole, um, like 9-11 was a, a, a calcination experience, you know, where it was just shocking wake up to the whole world. Yeah. And <clears throat> we had, um, you know, many times in our personal lives, we have like, and this could be one of those moments for a lot of people where it's like your whole life just gets turned upside down. Your foundation gets ripped out from under you. You have a trauma, you have a loss of some kind. It's very um, disruptive to your life. That is a calcination process. And so can you give us an example in the physical realm of, um, of science, like in the laboratory? What it means, yeah. So to calcinate something is basically to burn it down to ash. So in alchemy, we might take, like if we work with herbs, for example, we would take, we would gather the herbs uh, from nature. We would let them die. Basically you dry them out. Sure. And then you um, take those dried leaves, you put them in a mortar and pestle, you ground them down to, you know, you just pulverize them and destroy the old form. And then you might light it on fire to burn it down to ash. Okay. Uh, so it's a very intense kind of process that we would go through physically uh, okay. to do the calcination stages. Um, and then what, like for us, what that can often bring up, it's a lot of like upset and disruption and anger and, you know, all of, you know, you know, all confusion and so forth. And, you know, or your ego gets burned in some way and mm-hmm. it reacts to that, right, in an extreme way usually. So then the second stage is um, disillusion. So in dissolution, physically, what it means is you would now take that ash from the previous stage and you put it into water and you dis- you stir it up and you dissolve it. Uh-huh. Um, and so in a metaphorical sense and in a personal sense, it's when our, we start all the stuff from the subconscious starts to stir, you know, our emotions start to stir from the previous upset and we get you know it's 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 murky it's confusing that it's emotional um it's hard to make sense of what's going on and 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 you you might be you know moved to tears about it and and so forth so it's it's again kind of a an unsettling kind of process that we might go through mm-hmm. um but it's more emotional versus egoic i mean it's it's the deeper parts of the subconscious rising up uh, to be seen, to, to be made in touch with so that we can start the purification of what's going on at a deeper level. So it's purifying. Um, and it, the, the water and energy kind of cools the burn in a way. And uh, yes, <laughs> you know that you've reached the end of a disillusion stage when you've kind of cried the tears and there's not really any more tears to cry. Mm-hmm. And you feel a little more like, okay, okay, I can, I've let go of this emotional energy now I can start to think more clearly again. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so then we go into separation. And in the laboratory process, once you've had that, uh, that solution where everything's dissolved in water, you just uh-huh. basically would like sit it on a countertop and let it sit there for a while. And um, if, you, if you've ever drinking loose leaf tea, 
and you know you've steeped the tea and you have the leaves inside the tea and sometimes um, when you just let it sit there for a bit the tea leaves sink to the bottom right and then, you know you get the colored water in the middle and then sometimes you'll get this little oily film on the top uh -huh. um, this is a, an example of the separation stage so in separation you have like the dent different densities start to separate out you know the heavy uh -huh. stuff sinks to the bottom and the light stuff rises to the top so you, you actually get to see uh, visually, and you could probably taste it as well, the differences between the elements within it, the, the parts of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So we call this separate in alchemy, we call this separating out the three essentials. So there's different um, essential ingredients or essences that are contained within, you know, within the original leaves, for example, of the tea before they were steeped there's all the essences are bound up in there. And through the steeping process or that dissolution process, you are separating it, you're extracting some of those essences out of the leaves. Uh -huh. And and then that's you know why we get the benefits of it. So without having to eat the leaves, you get the benefits of what was extracted from it. Uh -huh. so this is what the separation process does. And so for us personally, <clears throat> and in our, you know, if, if we look at it socially, it's we're, we're now able to think more clearly again. We're able to see through some of the confusion of all the emotional stages before, uh -huh. and we start to separate out what's true, what's not true, mm -hmm. what's, what's of essence to keep here, what is distorted or what is corrupted that we need to discard. Um, who am I? Like, what do I really want to, uh, what do I need to learn from this experience? Like, how right. is this trying to help me grow, right? And so we start really asking a lot of questions and trying to assess what's what um, mm -hmm. and, and pick the pieces out that we need to keep and what we need to throw away. And it, it sounds like it's the stage where you begin to get clarity. You do, yeah, you begin to get clarity. The mind comes in more. Um, if we were to assign an element to it, it would be more air. So, you know, first we had fire, then water, and then separation is more air. Where okay. mind, and the air represents the mind and our thoughts. And mm -hmm. so it is about trying to get that discernment coming in and really get the, the clarity of what decisions to make, um, how to change our behaviors, right? And, and I, mm -hmm. I see that that's happening here right now as well. And, um, and what do we want to do moving forward? Like, how are we going right. to move into a better way of life after we come out of all of this upset and disruption? Mm -hmm. um, and so as we start to pick out the pieces of what we want to keep, we separate them. So we would, we would kind of, um, but, you, but you separate them in, into three separate piles in a way. So like if, if we took the example of the tea, you uh -huh. would sort of spoon off the little bit of oily film on the top and you put that in a separate vial. Then uh -huh. you would run the rest of it through a filter and you know the, the liquid would you know go into the, the cup, but then you, you have the tea leaves sort of kept in the filter. So that's right. three separate components that now get, um, they could be taken through further purification processes separately. So we separate out the different essentials. We don't mm -hmm. discard anything yet. Um, we just sort of, you know, send them through more purification because we want to extract as much of the essential ingredients as we can. Okay. So then um, once you've purified all those ingredients on a separate basis, at some point you want to bring everything back together. So the next stage, which is the fourth stage is conjunction. And you're now bringing the different purified ingredients, essential ingredients that we want to keep back together into a whole mixture. And um, 
So, you know, you can think of in physical alchemy, you can think of herbal remedies, right? So herbal remedies are, are taking, um, especially if it's in tincture form, they've, they've extracted the essence, um, they've maybe gone and taken the, the, the dead leaves or, you know, whatnot, and they've taken it through for further purification. Right. Uh, and then, you know, they've, they've got the oil, essential oil, um, they've got the, the sort of alcohol, um, uh, extraction of the essences and, or water. And then, um, and then when you do conjunction, you bring all those different components back together in a really high potency formula. Uh, so it's different from interesting. So higher. what I find so fascinating about this is that the, the separation of the parts is a really important um, part of the transformation into a more powerful whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I, in fact, the whole there's a, a, a motto or a formula. The basic formula of alchemy is um, in Latin. It says "salve et coagula," which means separate and recombine. So mm. we separate, and then eventually we're going to recombine. But in you have to separate in order to purify, and uh -huh. to refine, and, and then when you bring them all back together, now we've eliminated all the impurities and we bring all the essential ingredients back together, but in a more integral form. Um, and so the refining is where the potency comes in and, and where the real transformation starts to happen. And I think about somebody who's gone through um, some deep inner work where they start to see, oh, I've got this wounded child that's been misbehaving and I've got this control freak that, you know, relates to this other traumatic situation. And, and you start to you see the different parts of yourself and then at some point you develop compassion and you begin to integrate them all back together and through this awareness of that they're all there and they're all acceptable but um i'm 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 going to be putting this together in a way where um they're not allowed to 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 bring forth the the, the worst aspects of themselves but rather the best aspects of who they are. Right, yeah, so if we were looking at our personal growth, there's always the gift within the shadow, right? Yes. So if you yes. go into that shadow side, maybe the wounded child, right? We, we realize like that that wounded child just needed love. So now we recognize, oh, well, I can love that part of myself and I can give that. And then that inner child no longer feels so wounded once we give ourselves enough love that it grows and matures. So it's no longer stuck in that old wounded child. And, and with the controller, it was like, I need to feel safe maybe. And so, you know, why do I need to feel safe? And then that goes back to kind of the same kind of issues, right? Yes, yes. And, and so we, we, we assess, you know, where's the essence of what this part of me needs to, to, to bring forward to heal and then to reintegrate back in. Right. And right. so, yeah, as we bring them all back together through acceptance and compassion and love, like you said, that brings us to the conjunction phase, which is where everything comes back together in a more whole, integrated, strengthened, you know, we will feel more confident, we will feel more um, in, in touch with ourselves, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll have reclaimed aspects of ourselves and so forth. And it, the conjunction phase is very beautiful. It's, it reminds us of who we are, it reminds us of some of our gifts that we kind of, when we shut that inner child away, we shut away some of the gifts that came with it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I do think that there's a whole segment of the, the new age movement and, and, and consciousness movement where people hope to just transcend those pieces as opposed to 
integrating them into the whole. Yeah, we call it, we call that spiritual bypassing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to work because that, that as long as they're still stuck there in the subconscious at some point, no matter how much you know, no matter how well you can meditate, no matter how much bliss you can feel, you're mm -hmm. still going to have that shadow side sitting there waiting for you to give it attention to heal Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it'll come up at some point and kind of sabotage all that other higher energy stuff if you don't deal with your foundation. Um, so the, yeah. what's the last step within the black phase, I think is what you call it. Yeah. So the very last step within the black phase is what we call fermentation. So you have to think, so from conjunction to fermentation in conjunction, we've got this, okay, this new self is emerging again. I'm reclaiming uh -huh. parts of, of me and my true self. Um, things are coming back together, feeling really good, but it's a fledgling state and it needs to mature. And so, um, you know, kind of like a baby needs to grow up, right? It's, that part of us needs to mature and be strengthened. So we'll go back out into life. We will feel challenged by the same issues that we used to be challenged by. And we'll, it'll test us to see how much am I really, how much have I really healed or have I sort of glossed over some things. Um, and so then as we move into the fermentation, it is that testing period to mature us. Um, in alchemy, it's, we would say to ferment something is to basically take that herbal mixture, let's say, and it's not perfected still. And so we're gonna, we're gonna, there's still some subtle impurities in it. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put it in a dark kind of space um, and put a low heat on it and let it ferment. You're gonna let the impurities rot and any part that is still corruptible will rot and it'll die away. Um, oh, but it's a long, longer, slower process. Uh -huh. and. Um, and you're in the dark usually. So you don't really know how long it, it just takes patience. It takes surrender. Um, it takes really letting go of some of the more subtle attachments that are harder often because right, we might right. convince ourselves that those were good things. Uh -huh. um, so yeah. we sometimes at a personal level, you know, it's like we will realize that not only did we have attachments to personality was not serving us uh -huh. old, old issues and so forth, but we also had attachment to personality techniques that we thought were serving us and maybe they served us to a point but they were actually coping strategies that were masking other things yeah and, and yeah. you know we have and, attachments to good things and and situations and people and so on and so forth yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so our identity is wrapped up in those old things absolutely so let go of for people we're going to take a quick break but when we return we're going to get to the last couple of stages of alchemy and see how that relates to you personally, and what that has to do with what's going on in our world right now. Stay tuned for more with Dr. Teresa Bullard here on the Christine Uptridge Show in just a few moments. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client, and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, Visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 
425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. Parenting will always be a bit of a mystery. Who knows why some parenting ideas work and others do not? Or why some kids seem to succeed despite family setbacks, while others have so much given to them and yet fail to thrive? The one thing we do know is that once you have a child, you'll never be quite the same again. Awe-inspiring emotions like overwhelming love, extreme guilt, intense frustration, and incredible joy make this job second to none. Breaking free of parenting pressures means recognizing the pieces that make us unique, the pieces that we carry with us from the past, and the pieces that are influenced by the society we live in. When we can pick and choose which pieces we want to keep around and change the others to align with our inner wisdom, we will feel more self-assured in our role as a parent. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. The Vibration of Change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW, AM 1150 in the Seattle area, and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I do want to mention that if you're interested in watching this live, you can watch it on Facebook. Uh, go to the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page, and there you'll be able to see my guest, Dr. Teresa Bullard, and myself having our conversation. And um, yeah, and, and let us know what you think of the conversation. I think it's a fascinating conversation. Dr. Teresa Bullard is a PhD physicist who's also a spiritual teacher um, and she has her own TV show and she's the author of Social Alchemists in the 21st Century. Uh, Teresa. Okay, so you talked about there being three overall phases of alchemy and the first one was the black phase and there were five steps within that. Uh, and you were just about to go from that black phase to the white phase. What is that, it, both physically and sort of, you know, psychologically, spiritually? Mm-hmm. 
So that, that final step of the black phase is really like the, the death of the old personality, the death of the old identity. That fermentation that you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we call it a dark night of the soul because we attach so much to that old identity that it's hard to let it go, like yeah. really let it go and really surrender. Um, but in, in ancient traditions, when they were doing this process, like the initiate, they would be going through an initiation process and and during that fermentation for example they would go out into the desert for you know for their vision quest or they go into the cave for 40 days and nights right. and um you know they'd fast they'd they'd meditate they'd you know pray they do some qigong you know they would do this process that's it's creating internal alchemy and at some point it would create a vision within them and they would have this vision of light they would have a vision of you know maybe the gods and the goddesses you know who knows but their their vision would be like of their own divinity ultimately they would see i am not this identity i'm not this personality i'm not even this body and they would have this awakening to rising beyond that and recognizing that their true essence uh, is eternal. And um, so, so that's the shift that when you, when you have that vision um, in, in physical alchemy, it would they like when they're, when there's a fermentation process going on, mm -hmm. they know that the fermentation is complete, that all the old corruptible parts are dead when there's this like rainbowy or golden film that forms on the top of the ferment and they call uh -huh. that the peacock's tail or the golden the golden sort of wax and so there's a, a physical signal that will happen uh to mark okay now everything that is left is of our pure eternal essence and now we just need uh -huh. to refine it and perfect it um, interesting and that's when we move into the the sixth stage which is called distillation Okay, and this is the white phase that you were This is to the before? white phase, yeah. Okay. So we kind of have this little transition point. Sometimes they call it the yellow phase where you transition from the black to the white. Um, and as you go into the white phase, it's just, okay, everything that's left is pure. It's it's what we want to keep. It's Now we just need to 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 distill, to raise a vibration, to integrate, to, to mature or, or re refine and, and so forth. So uh -huh. we would take that and now we go through, I'll, I'll explain the physical part. So if you would take the what's left from the fermentation and you now put it into, you dissolve it in water again or some kind of solvent again, you put it into a distillation apparatus from chemistry uh -huh. and you would um, put a heat underneath it and as the water, the liquid warms up, it starts to evaporate, right? So mm. vapors start coming up and the parts that are the most volatile or the, the lightest um, would evaporate first. So like the essential oils, for example, would evaporate out first. And then, okay. and then the, um, the, the liquid or the alcohol would evaporate next. And then the, you know, the, usually the, the densest stuff doesn't evaporate, but everything sort of evaporates in different stages. So it's kind of like a separation process again. Uh -huh. um, and then as it rises, it'll cool and then it'll recondense. Um, but when it's in its vapor state in alchemy, they say now it's receptive to the subtle influences coming in from above, to higher consciousness, to spiritual energy. Um, and so you can infuse it when it's in that vapor state, you can infuse it with this higher vibrational energy. And then as it recondenses, when it cools, it recondenses, it now takes that higher vibrational energy and it brings it back into the physical. And it comes so it, 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 like one of the earlier stages, it was an integration that the conjunction, I think is what you called it, 
this is a whole different type of of integration it's with the higher frequency, higher frequency um aspects yeah. bringing it into the whole again yeah but yeah so we're it, really yeah. in this phase you're really trying to like merge heaven and earth you know you're you're right. you're sort of ascending to this higher vibrational state or maybe we could say for personal work we could say we're ascending to a higher vibrational higher consciousness state and uh -huh. we get into that kind of bliss state and then at mm -hmm. some point you come back down from that state and you take whatever wisdom or illumination that you've received and now you come to embody it and apply it in your life right and so can you give us a physical example like in in a, in a lab uh mm -hmm. what it what what purpose does a distillation process serve in, in well, that most, way most of your essential oils like the high therapeutic grade essential oils for example uh -huh. are based on distillation processes so huh. you're really okay. trying to extract out the essential oils but the more rounds you go through distillation, the more pure and therapeutic and, and high potency those oils become. Interesting. Just, so a lot of, a lot of um, yeah, extraction processes are going to use distillation as a method. Okay. Uh, but then in alchemy, you know, in alchemy, they used to go through seven rounds of this. So they would separate out the piece, the, the different essentials again through the uh -huh. distillation. And then they take each of those, those three separate essentials. And then they take them through another round of distillation and another round of distillation, another round. Uh -huh. and they would do it like seven times. Wow. It takes a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so it wasn't, that was one of those parts where, you know, the real spiritual energy can be infused into it, but it, it takes time, it takes patience. And in terms of when you when science started thinking just in terms of chemistry, that's where they thought, well, what's the point of all of this? It's the same chemistry, but it, you know, so they didn't, it wasn't really matching the bottom line. So they started to reduce how many times they might distill and they stopped using it with Reiki energy or spiritual energy or consciousness or chance. Uh -huh. So, so the spiritual became divorced at that part mm -hmm. when they then started making their pharmaceutical remedies and so forth. Um, right. So, so for us though, it's about, okay, raising, you know, like really developing a spiritual practice and uh, whether it's meditation or some form of ceremonial process or whatever, yoga, uh -huh. you know, some form of spiritual practice on a regular basis where you're raising your consciousness up to these higher divine realms where you're really connecting into that oneness of all and, you know, that uh -huh. light and that beauty and you're receiving wisdom from it. You're not uh -huh. just blissing out, you're receiving wisdom and insight from it. And uh -huh. then you come back down into your everyday consciousness. And uh -huh. now we need to integrate that, embody that and apply that. Yes. Um, and, and I think that um, that repeated integration, again, I think of it as integration, um, is such an essential part for not only changing our lives, but changing our world. And I think that people often focus on that, that, that bliss connection, you know, like without really fully integrating it into their daily lives. Right. And so when you really, really are connecting to those higher states of consciousness, the primary desire that fills you is, uh -huh. it should be to serve, to help make this world a better place, right. right? So not just bliss out for myself, but to realize I can make a difference in this world and the whole world needs to start feeling this and recognizing that this connection is possible for all of us. Uh -huh. So you know, if, if we look at our current social situation right now with um, the pandemic and everything, our whole, you know, we, you can already start to see all of these stages showing up just within this one circumstance. 
Um, and, and our whole world's been turned upside down and we're having to, you know, go into the isolation process, which is, I feel the fermentation stage. And Let, let's start at the very beginning, because I think that what's been leading up to, to this is very pertinent. So let's, I know that we still need to talk about the red phase, yeah, that final phase, we'll but that. let's, let's talk about the socially and physically what's going on in our world right now. Yeah. Um, from like the black face. The beginning. Um, yeah, so you know, you can look at cycles within cycles. So like in my book um, on the game changer social alchemist, that you I, I go all the way back to like the late 90s and I show how those stages, uh, seven stages are aligning with what we're going through in terms of a transformation, a larger transformational cycle that's happening within the human collective, especially since around mm -hmm. the new millennium and um, what it's driving us towards, where we keep getting stuck and so forth. But if we just look at the current situation, we can see um, a smaller cycle within the, the bigger cycle. So when the COVID stuff, you know, and the, oh, there's, you know, potential for pandemic and so forth and, and the fear and all, all of that disruption that came, the panic that came, the fear that came, you know, the, the, the rapid change of, of our way of life came. That was a calcination process. Without okay. um, so that was the first stage where everything was just so shocking and upsetting. And then from that, people started going into um, either panic, fear, or denial and then grief and mm -hmm. you know so all these emotions started surfacing in people and at uh -huh. first I didn't believe it but then it started to set in but then there's confusion and then there's anger right. and then there's you know f you know the fear and some people went too far with it and then whatever that pulls up for us from a subconscious level we all have our own personal fears and attachments and what is right. it some people got desperate and, and despair or um, um, hopelessness, you've had a rise in, in depression, you've had a rise in, you know, drug abuse, alcoholism, yeah. violence, you know, at, at home and so forth. So all of this is a result of um, what's stirred up from the subconscious. That's the disillusion phase. Uh -huh. And then as we start to try and sift through the data, right? So, so what, and you know, there's still a lot of confusion around it, but there's at least more data now we can start to look to of, okay, what's working, what's not working, what's gone overboard? Um, and, and are we getting to the other side of this? When might we get to the other side of it? What's our mm -hmm. plan for how to go back into life? What will it look like? All yeah, and and what's, what's the truth? It's, it's mm -hmm. on some level, it's, it's trying to identify what's, what's truth, what's so-called fake what's news, false. what's um, sort of like a mistaken perspective. Uh, it really is trying to identify the essential pieces exactly yeah and it's still murky you know so we're kind of in that process still between for this current cycle you know in that process between the the, the separation and the settling down of the murkiness and everything right. clarifying so we're still trying to separate out those pieces and then i think that you know once we do it's okay now what does our new way of life look like so as we come into the conjunction phase it's like what is life going to look like as we emerge yeah. from you know this upsetting time and it's going to be different mm -hmm. so you know we can look to um and i've had a number of video blogs i've been doing about this it's like what is it that we want to take out of this it's really working right mm -hmm. so there's some things you can look at like okay more personal responsibility my actions affect everybody else 
whether uh-huh. I'm cleaning enough, whether if I'm sick and having symptoms, I should isolate and not be exposing other people. You know, so right. my actions affect everybody else. Um, so that awareness alone is golden um, because it's true yeah. all the time. We're just now becoming really conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cleanliness, you know, like we have to be more mindful of, of, washing our hands, cleaning our surfaces, not right. touching our face, right? So all of the hygiene stuff, that's really important stuff because our world's very dirty and, and we don't seem to be caring most of the time, but now we have to start caring. Mm-hmm. Um, recognition of, of, you know, more people reaching out their hearts to their neighbors. Oh, you know, my neighbors are elderly. Maybe they shouldn't be going out. I can do something for them, right? So there's more right. individuals who are reaching out in compassion and, and neighborly good love. Um, and goodwill. So there's some really good things coming out of this. Um, and we need to recognize, okay, what, what are those parts that we need to keep as we move forward in our society? And they need to become a way of life, not yeah. just during this, you know, two month period of staying at home, they need to become a way of life because we're not out of the clear yet. You know, yeah. there's still impurities the, the virus, they're still saying the virus is, you know, going to be around for another couple of years. So we need to make a way of life out of this. Right. Um, so this and is what really is, change. Sorry. Well, one of the things that has become clear to me is that um, we are both, you know, community-based and globally-based. The, mm-hmm. the local and global communities both matter, and they matter in different ways. Yeah. And it's a sort of thing where um, perhaps it's been a mistake to make so much global and not not have enough within our community. I think in terms of just food production, how and even like the the healthcare protection, right, right, the manufacturing, right. like getting it all from China, which is where the pandemic started, right, not such a great idea, you know. So, if we can think about collaborating on a local level as well as a global level, then that sort of shifts our focus and, and shifts shifts our responsibility and makes us feel like, oh, the local is really very important too. Yeah, it's like the pendulum swing. We went way too far to this globalization and then yeah. all of a sudden that got cut off and we're realizing, yep. okay, that doesn't work. And so now we need to find the balance point. So I think it's about local self-sufficiency and sustainability, but global connectivity at the same time. Absolutely. And, and I think we're also realizing though that humans are not meant to live in isolation from each other. Even though we can do this internet stuff and Zoom and thank God for technology right now, we still crave and need in-person contact and we need community we need to feel love we need to feel touch and and for our mental and emotional health and well-being we need that connectivity so i think people are gonna value it a lot more we need nature too i think about the the hot spots such as new york city where there's such crowdedness um in jails where you know there, there's both crowdedness and lack of nature in nursing homes where there's this isolation and with the, you know, generally speaking, not that same kind of connection to nature. It's like we humans, I don't think are, are meant to live like that. Yeah. So in alchemy, we would say we need a balance of the four elements, earth, water, ah. air, fire. Um, yeah. And yeah, so connection to nature is one of those ways to get it. Um, we can get it in other ways. We can create it within our homes, but it takes mindfulness and, and awareness to do that, right? 
<clears throat> Feng Shui is a great practice. Um, greening up your home is a great practice. Like, so there's uh -huh. a lot of ways we can do that. But yeah, nature, we need to live in alignment with nature, not separate from nature. And yeah. that would very much be an alchemical process. Is like, we want to know what the flow and, and rhythm and laws of nature are so uh -huh. that we can be aligned with it and harness it and yet maybe we can also take it further because we can bring our creative abilities and our technology to work with those principles rather than just separate from those principles. And I think about the crowded areas. If, if we are living in high density, we also need to have plenty of really good parks and perhaps some of the, the, the vertical farming um, so that there is a sustainability for the city. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really felt that because I live in LA and it's like concrete city and there's yeah. not enough parks and there, you know, there's the beach, but it's just not the same. And, and I, I decided I'm going to get out of LA during this time because I don't want to be stuck in that. <laughs> like, right, oh, right. Yeah, I get that. You know, this hour is flying by and I do want to talk about the red face, but before we get into that, I want to make sure our listeners and, and viewers know how to connect with you and to find out what's coming up on your schedule. Yeah, so um, they can go to my website, TeresaBullard.com, um, and also MysteryTeachings.com is, is about the series that I have on Gaia. Um, it's currently in its third season, and we're- Congratulations. To, thank yeah. you, and we're about to, um, so all the first three seasons are available on Gaia Now uh, TV, and then we're about to start uh, filming for season four. Um, so that's uh, an ongoing thing, and then um, you know, every, <laughs> most of the work that I have done in, in the last number of years has been in-person teaching and uh -huh. healing modalities and activations and trainings, and I travel all over the world doing it. And all of that came to a screeching halt for the last uh, couple months. So right. um, all of my schedule has been a little thrown up in the air. It's hard to kind of know exactly when we can move forward, but I'm hoping by, yeah. you know, in July and, um, august september onwards that we'll be able to run some some things again so i have plans you know for winnipeg and minneapolis and um hopefully estonia and the and the uk and also los angeles uh -huh. and uh so yeah so from july onwards and they can just watch my schedule uh, on my website to to get a sense of that do you do online online programs? I do have one online program um, where it's called the Quantum Transformation Formula. It's really about helping us do exactly what I was just talking about, which is that distillation process of raising our consciousness up to a higher level. Um, I, I talk about accessing the quantum uh, realm for uh -huh. all of those new ideas that coming in from higher level of consciousness, um, the one mind, the universal mind, and then bringing those down through the various levels of our mind um, of you know from brainstorming to, and visioning to planning to you know really doing the law of attraction kind of stuff where uh -huh. there is more than the law of attraction it's the full formula that's based on the alchemy the quantum physics and so forth uh, so okay, really people in their creative process yeah um, okay so the the red phase the final step of alchemy uh what is that yeah, so that, that is a crystallization. So that is where we've been through enough of the purification and then the refinement and we've perfected and we've raised the vibration and we've brought it to such a high vibrational state. And then you bring all those separate essentials back together again. Uh, uh -huh. So you re rejoin them and you um, allow it to crystallize and form you know, this solid, really integral, indestructible, 
pure form. So it's like, that's the philosopher's stone. That's the gold. That's the, you know, the elixir of life, you know, that all those things that alchemy talks about, that is that red phase, that final uh, place. And, uh -huh. um, and, and so, so yeah. can you give us a, an example from the laboratory first, and then we'll talk mm -hmm. about what that means in terms of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So in the laboratory, you would take, um, the really highly potent purified essentials from the distillation phase. And uh -huh. then you would, you would mix them together again in a very, very pure form of water. Um, you know, a lot of the alchemists actually would collect the dew because they felt that the dew was, you know, the like mana from heaven, you know, is like the wad, the pure right. water. And they collected in these um, towels and then they'd wring it out. And then they take that water through several distillation processes. So they really refine this water and then you mix everything into that water. And then you allow the water to evaporate and what, what remains is a crystal. So all the, the salts and the essentials and everything becomes crystallized in, and it should, if you've done everything right, it should form, you know, the stone, it should form the philosopher's stone. Mm -hmm. um, and you will know if you've got it, if you pick it up and you try to scratch a piece off of it and, and it doesn't, it's not like it's indestructible. You can't, you know, it's really solid, solid crystal. Um, and if you don't, if it falls apart, well, then that means that there was something in the process building up to that, that you've kind of missed and there's still impurities and you kind of have to start from scratch again. Um, so, so what yeah. does this mean for us as individuals and collectively? So getting to that final stage, um, is, <clears throat> I would say that that is what humanity as a whole is being pushed towards. Mm -hmm. We are being pushed to become a new human, to become uh, a more evolved, enlightened human. And in like in the Kabbalistic tradition, we talk about something called the Adam Kedmon, which is the perfecter, yes. godlike human. Right. And that it's, it's like a, the, the next, it's a blueprint of our next stage of evolution. Yeah, it, it, you, and you know, a lot of our superhero characters or X-Men, you know, like that I, idea is being depicted through some of those movies. So you're becoming this, you know, like superhuman, godlike. And yeah. um, and we have that capacity within us. So, you know, it's for us at a very physical level, I would say we're using more of our DNA capacity. Um, right now we're like maybe three to 5% and we would be using a lot more of it to actively awaken, you know, latent gifts. We would be using more of our brain capacity for conscious awareness, not just subconscious and unconscious, but um, we would be a, more opening up our perception and seeing all the different energies around us. So we would, you know, we would be realizing that we can control the, the quantum realm, uh, kind of like Neo in the matrix and, and we would be able to control right. things. So it's a, right. uh, it's an evolutionary leap and, and, you know, we have a lot more to go before we get there, but we are on track for it. And I think what's so exciting when viewing the social, the physical, the economic, the, the, the lifestyle changes underway right now. When you look at it within this context of alchemy, it, it gives us, it can give us hope for creating something far better and knowing that we need to let go of things and go through some difficult cycles in order to get there. And I'm so grateful that you have taken your scientific background and connected that with the spiritual realm in a way that is very meaningful in our human existence. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you, Teresa, for joining us here today. 
Thank you, Christine. It was uh, it was great, very fast paced, but <laughs> I hope it I hope it's useful for for people to see some light in this this you know challenging time. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.